fucking metronome off. G'day everyone and welcome to the podcast. I've got a guest joining me via Zoom today, so we'll have slightly different audio, but that's the way of the world. It's Corona world, we can't all be in the same room together. So everyone knows who I am. Let's have our guest introduce themselves. Hello, guest. Hello, mate. I'm Scott. How are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. So let's start with how did you get into gel ball? Uh, well, uh, as you know, you know Timmy from uh, Urban Gel Ball. He's a good mate of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, yeah, all started with him. He um, he got right into it and wanted me to get into it. Showed a lot of interest and uh, it looked pretty cool. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I actually tried to hold off as long as I could because I knew it could be a bit of an expensive hobby. But yeah. eventually I caved in and, uh, yeah, got into it. And Urban Gel Ball is where I, um, yeah, I suppose uh, broke my virginity. Mm. So how long have you been in the hobby for? Uh Probably say close to two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, in that time, I haven't. Uh, the only real place I've played was Urban Gel Ball up Sunny Coast, and I'm I'm based south side of Brisbane. So every time I'd go up and uh, catch up with Timmy, we'd head to the field and uh, yeah, go and have a crack. Um, have you played anywhere else since? Well, uh, actually, Parabellum Number Four. Yes, the only other place I've played, and mm-hmm. it was my first time outdoors. And tell you what, I absolutely loved it. it was yeah. Um, how did you find Parabellum as somebody who hasn't played a lot or wasn't set up for Milsim, so to speak? How did you find that as an entry level player? Fantastic. Um, at first, I was pretty nervous. Like you said, never done it before. Um, I did have Timmy in my corner, so he was helping me out, giving me some advice. Um, you know. Just pretty much helped me out decide what to bring, what not to bring. You know, as you would know, the shiny kid syndrome biggest yeah. curse is bringing too much and mm-hmm. carrying too much. And I think I did bring a bit too much, but ended up not carrying too much while I was actually out in the field, which yep. was good because big day. So I uh, didn't want to be carrying too much weight on me. So your first event was at Laidley, so it was quite hilly. Yes, yeah, and tell you what, uh, that was a, a great aspect of the game like not just having flat land it was all different um yeah the land was up and down and uh made some made for some good experiences as well a lot of people uh, are either sort of an indoor player or an outdoor player you've obviously played a fair bit indoors how did you find the transition to go from all right i don't know who's around in the next corner to well we don't know how long it's going to be until i encounter somebody uh, I actually found it a lot better, I think. Um, indoors, being a real novice, uh, I, you know, there's no, for me anyway, obviously the guys that do it a lot more and the speedy boys and all that, they have all their strategy and techniques and stuff that they do. Um, being very limited myself in doing it, I've only really played there maybe half a dozen times. Um, 
don't really have much strategy for it. So it's really, for me personally, as you pop around the corner, it's the first one to pull the trigger is usually the first one who gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun. It's fast paced, but I really enjoyed outdoor with the strategy and, you know, sneaking and, and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where I've got my greatest experience from with it was the more, um, you know, you really got to think, use your brain sort of stuff. What we find is that um, some people like a really fast-paced game, which you get indoors. There's always you're on, 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 then you have a break. Um, whereas Milsim tends to be a very slow burn and then a battle, and then a very slow burn and then a battle. Um, so it sounds like you enjoy that slow burn more than the go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, I did. There was... Uh, there was one point in the game where uh, I was I was playing with uh, with the squirrels, and oh, um, a couple bastard. of us ended up sneaking around and flanking another team, and you know engaging from behind, and just all that real sneaky, like you know you got to plan your moves, sort of stuff. You know, if you accidentally stand on a stick and someone hears you, and <laughs> it, I don't know, it was a bit more exciting for me. Whereas, yeah, the indoors is real. It's kind of like paintball sort of thing. It's fast-paced and it's, you know, like as many rounds as you can get down sort of thing and, yeah, that kind of stuff. So that's fun itself. But, yeah, I did really enjoy the the real sneaky stuff. And I've actually, since doing that, I've got myself a, uh, a Viper hood now that I've started kitting <laughs> out. And, uh, I, think, I think I'm a little bit hooked. Um, what other equipment have you... Like you would have taken a certain load out to your first mill sim. Have you already gone, oh, I've got to change that heaps? What changes are you making? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, I took, I've got a, uh, an MPX from Azrael's Armoury uh, and that's what I, I built that and like didn't do a lot of internal stuff to it, but, you know, made it kind of cool looking. You know, everyone needs that bit of wank factor. Mm. Um, and... Well, if they look like Nerf um, guns, we wouldn't play. Well, that's it. <laughs> um, and like the uh, the plate carrying stuff I got was all set up similar. The the uh, the MPEX is red and black, so I did red and black plate carrier just all you know, and uh, my mag pouches and stuff. Um, and so I I took that with me uh, because it was a nice small blaster. It runs really well. I've never had any issues with it. Yep, see, we'll just do that where I also got a, uh, a Cyma scar, mm-hmm. uh, an L. And that was always, I was like, yep, that can be my outdoors blaster when I do it. Uh, I used it one time at Urban Gel Ball and I had too many attachments on it and it was freaking heavy. <laughs> and I used it one time at Urban Gel Ball and I was like, nah, this is silly. Yep. And so I didn't take that to Parabellum with me. I just took the MPX. Uh, now, uh, since doing it, I've stripped majority of the attachments off the SCAR because it was always planned to be my outdoor blaster and I still want it to be, but now I've learned that, all right, let's take that wanky stuff off and let's just keep it simple. Like I've got a bit of a, I've got an LPVO on it, so that'll be good for, you know, seeing further distances and recognising players and stuff, whether they're opposition or your team, that kind of thing. Because obviously with gel ball, you don't really need a scope or anything like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, that'll be good for that. The bipod I had on it, that's gone. I don't need that. <laughs> uh, 
so, you know, I learned things like that, you know, weight and all that kind of stuff. Um, and balance? Yeah, I had, a, I had um, uh, mag pouches that would – so I had six mag pouches on my chest. Uh, sorry, six mags on my chest, the, a triple pouch that held doubles. Um, and that was probably a bit much. I didn't actually – I found I didn't go through all that stuff. I had plenty of time in between to refill, stuff like that. So that's something else I've learned. I don't need all those mags. I can get it down a bit. Um, playing with the squirrels, they – you know their jersey. It's it's kind of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a rallying point. Yeah, yeah. And I decided to wear a shirt similar to them, which wasn't real camouflage or anything. Um, so now I've gone away from that, and hence, like I said, I've got the the uh, the viper hood, and I'm going to go camo. I want to be all sneaky, and I mm-hmm. want to be strategic. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, how did you go with hydration and food while you're out there? What what was your plans and what worked well? Well, not a drama with that. I just took, I just read um, all the information on the website and stuff. Um, you know, you guys noted hydration pack and some extra water. So I had three liters on me. Uh, I had some uh, like hydration powder and stuff to put in my drink bottle if I needed it, and that was plenty. Uh, especially when we stopped and had lunch, I could refill, stuff like that. And I had a pouch full of snacks. Yep. And, again, we stopped and had lunch, had a sandwich then. So the snacks while I was out in the field was fine. That was, yeah, I had plenty on me. I actually didn't even eat it at all. Mm. Um, was there a bunch of stuff that you took uh, in terms of your molly gear and vest and that, other than the mag pouches, that you're like, I don't need that anymore? No, I don't think so. And that was because I got a lot of info from the other guys on what to take. So I think what I took out in the field was pretty good. Um, I want to change things around a little bit. Uh, I just took a, like, because everyone likes to have a medical pouch on them just for, mm-hmm. you know, just, just in case. The one I had is one that I just carry in the car. So for out in the field, it was probably a bit big. Uh, I had to get a bigger pouch to fit that in, stuff like that. I've ended up getting a smaller one, so I can go into a smaller pouch. So I won't need that real big one. Uh, I could probably use that that other pouch for snacks. That would be a little bit better. You've got to have um, a big pouch for snacks. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> you need your snacks. I, I, I've learned that for sure, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to obviously cut down the mags. I don't need that many. Um, and because I'm going to kind of go towards the more with the viper hood the kind of sneaky stuff i might move away from the plate carrier and just wear a bit of a harness yep um and so to lighten that up a little bit as well and make a bit more um movability yeah a bit more freedom wearing a plate cover which is a little constrictive yep um it was it was pretty cool so the plate carrier wasn't too hot i'd imagine no that that tends to be a limiting factor in summer for some people they they get too hot in a plate carrier yeah, I mean, I was sweating, but I was running around and stuff, so I just put it down to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the plate, Gary, obviously, would be a lot more aerated and you would get less sweaty, but I didn't really have any dramas with the plate, Gary, itself. So, as you know, we have coming up uh, Operation Blood Brothers up at Susan River. Now that you've done your first mill soft, do you want to do some mill softs again or do you want to step into mill sim? Uh, I would... Probably like to do another mill soft again, uh, just to 
still because I'm a, I was a beginner, still am a beginner. Um, just, you know, the slow burn sort of thing. I don't really want to jump straight into it. Uh, I think just because the unknown, I don't know what to expect. I don't really know what to do. Um, that was something else with the squirrels. Those guys are real regimented in, in what they do, their strategic, uh, the strategies and the things like that. Yeah. And, and I was out of position 90% of the time throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I need to learn how things are done um, with them when it comes to that. In saying that, that they're like that, they're also very like, let's go and hunt people down and let's get some kills. And that was fun. So, Um, Do you think you found a home with the squirrels as a squad? Yeah, they're a good bunch of blokes. Mind you, in saying that, everyone there was really friendly and eager to help out and, and... yeah, really help out in any way. But the, the squirrels were a good bunch of blokes, so I have no dramas playing with them again. Yep. Um, were there any big surprises for you that you didn't expect at a Millsoft? Um, I don't think so. Uh, it was, I kind of, in my head, I kind of thought about it as a like a camping trip with the boys mm-hmm. sort of thing because we, we did get there the night before, we camped overnight, and then we went out into the bush. Um, so I kind of just thought about it like that, obviously a little bit different having to think of stuff to carry while out playing. Uh, but yeah, no, it was pretty, I I think I, it was what I expected. Okay. Um, have you taken your first shot of crack cocaine when it comes to Milsim? Are you hooked? I think I might be. Like I said, I'm already building a viperhood and stuff, so <laughs> I, I think I might be. Yeah, I actually uh, um, before the game, the squirrels had a uh, a group chat that you know to organise beforehand, and I was in that. And afterwards, I actually posted in there saying, "I think I probably enjoy this more than indoors." And sorry, I said to everyone, sorry, "Don't Tim. tell Timmy," but I think I want to do this instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Does that mean that you're going to have a crack at some of the outdoor fields, maybe a Mango Hill or a Donnybrook? Or, um... I think I might actually start looking into them. I've, to be honest, I haven't really looked at any other fields. Um, you know, Urban Gel Ball was my home pretty much. Mm. And uh, I think I will be, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think I'll be trying out some outdoor stuff. Yep. Um, what's your feeling on carrying a secondary blaster for Milsim? Do you think it's a thing... Do you think it's a waft ham? What, what's your take on it now that you've done it? Depends what it is. A pistol? No, I don't really think so. I mean, you could. There's still chances to use a pistol, but uh, I saw guys out there with uh, launchers, and for outdoors, I think that's probably better. Um, but in saying that as well, there were the uh, sorry, I can't remember what they're called. The the little grenade looking ones that. They were just bang. There was no thunder gel balls or anything in them. The thunder yeah. yeah. I think those. I think those are best. Um, yeah. You know, your main blaster and a heap of those grenades, and I think you're set. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wish we had from other countries in terms of stuff you can use at a milsim? Stuff that isn't necessarily illegal here, or um, I don't know. I was seeing as you clarified illegal. I was going to say airsoft. I was going to say um, airsoft. Yeah, uh, that would definitely make it uh, probably a bit more exciting because the range is different. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lot more range with your blasters, that kind of thing. But all right now, you said, and your pistol's or... going to work whenever you pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as that's opposed a, to gel. Yeah, and, and you're not just going to get splatter coming out the end and stuff yeah. like that. Um, oh, because they have um, trip flares and smoke grenades and grenades that go bang when they hit things that are firework style stuff that's not legal here. Yeah, but in saying that, the the squirrels are good at setting up their tripwires and stuff, I noticed. To and kill their own people. <laughs> that, well, yeah, yeah, people that don't listen, don't go over there, bang. We're oh, here, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was very cool to see. I, re- I actually... I had an inclination that that might be in the sport, but I hadn't seen it. So actually seeing the boys set up their little tripwires and traps and stuff, very cool. Really enjoyed to see that. Um, And I was very – wanted to inform everyone in the team, don't go near here, don't go near there, (laughs) because I didn't want anyone else to step on them. Now I want to warn all the listeners at home that uh, the Squirrels have been talking to me quite a bit in a chat about the – trip flares and trip things and little sneaky things that they want to take to Blood Brothers. And most of them I'm pretty happy with. And I'm keen to see people get murdered by them. <laughs> so start start thinking if you're coming about what you're going to do to counter that. Yeah, those boys tend to think out of the box. Mm. Um, speaking out of the box, is New Zealand Airsoft on your radar now? Um, it is on my radar, uh, but I firstly I won't be going anytime soon. Um, just a finance thing, really. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean I'd love to, mm. but uh, yeah, just it's just yeah, not available for me at the moment. Yeah. Um, if finance wasn't an issue, would you be there in a heartbeat or? Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, a sh- easy. it's a shame Corona's yeah, killed the economy. Um. So what blasters you got at home other than the MPX and the SEMA? Uh, the only other one I've got, oh, sorry, I've got a, a 2011 mm-hmm. uh, gas blowback. Uh, that thing is just cool. Love it. Yeah. Um, I've also got a, uh, a Vector. That was the, the first blaster I bought. And to be honest, it doesn't look like a Vector anymore. I've mm. done so many attachments <laughs> and just... Uh, you know, different you see online different things like handguards and foregrips four and things like that that people are doing for them. Um, and I've probably bastardized it and got three or four different kinds of ones and cut bits here and all that and made it all fit. And it it's very cool. Actually, I think I've got it around here if you want to have a yeah, look. Yeah, go and grab it. All right, I'll grab it. I think he's in his games room. I can see all sorts of cool stuff in the background. I'm uh, I'm in my shed or my man cave. My man I cave. Like to call it. Nice. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got my motorbikes in here. I've got my bar and all that. But this is my vector. That looks like Tony's vector. <laughs> For those that know it's, Tony, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah, it's not so, a short compact SMG. No, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, it's a show pony now. It doesn't do a lot. It hangs on the wall. And, um, yeah, I've got the other ones that I like to play with. So the thing I love about the Vector is basically it 
came out two and a half, maybe three years ago, and it still sells. Like, people are still grabbing that as an entry-level blaster. You wouldn't grab a Gen 8 anymore in the same way that you'd use a Vector. It's a great, reliable little blaster. Mm. Um, and especially with the the, uh, the burst on it as well. So, you know, for newbies and stuff, it, it, you can put it on the burst, so that way they're not just holding down the trigger and sending everything downrange. It's, it's, I think it's a great little blaster, yeah. I really mm. like it. A lot of guys have got this mentality where it's just sort of send it. They'll they'll have a, a fairly long auto burst when they're shooting at somebody in Milsim, which is very different to inside because obviously the balls will hit trees and leaves and twigs and branches and the wind, and one in 30 will get through. Um, do you find yourself doing that, or are you still uh, doing short controlled stuff? No, outdoors I did find myself uh, doing quite long bursts. Um, you know, what is it what they say? Accuracy through volume. Yep. Um, yeah, like there was a, a couple of guys that I would have get where I would have get. They were hiding behind trees, but there was a bit of a fork in the tree. And, you know, the accuracy of a gel blaster, they're not fantastic. So the more I sent, I was I managed to get a couple through the fork of the tree and get them. <laughs> so I mean it works as yeah, as silly as it sounds. Yep. Um what about radios? Did you carry a radio at this event? I didn't. But ha- being my first, I didn't want to go and lay out big expenses on, on extra things. Uh, so I didn't, but I wish I did. Really? There was a lot of communication over radios between all the boys, um, and I kind of had to get the second-hand version of that. I'd be saying, oh, what, what are they talking about? What's, what's happening? What are we doing? Yep. Uh, so I will be I will be looking at getting a radio down the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just tossing up on what to do, whether I did see some guys wearing helmets with attached earmuffs and things, and that was very cool. And then I did just saw some other guys with little earpieces. And so I don't know what, what road to go down, uh, but I definitely will be getting something. Go down every road. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that because no. I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. This go- is why I tried to hold off on getting into gel blasting because I knew it would cost me a lot of money. Yeah, it, it's more expensive than motorbikes. Uh, they're, they're pretty even. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are, you, what are your hopes for the future of the sport? Just to grow, I think. Um, yeah, just to get more mainstream, I suppose. Um, household sort of, you know, everyone knows it. And to make people comfortable with it. And, like, Queensland is great for that. Now, working with our police and all that kind of stuff, gel ball is, it's, it's more of a comfortable thing here. Everyone knows about it, but other states uh, seem, you know, everyone's got their opinion on that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just to, I think, make it more mainstream sort of thing that everyone knows about. It's like everyone knows paintball. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's done paintball, but everyone knows. Similar sort of thing with gel ball. Um, when you talk to people about having gone to a mill sim, are you having a lot of trouble explaining what that is to people? Not really, but people are very interested to know. Mm. So, uh, like when I say mill sim, everyone thinks like military simulation, which is, is what true. It is. Yeah. Uh, so it's very easy for people to get the idea, but then they want to know more. Like, okay, so what did you do there, and how was the experience, and da da da. Who yelled at um, you and made you do push-ups? 
Yeah, well, luckily for me, not being the fittest person, we didn't have any of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we're way past that. Sorry, what was that? We're way past that. Yeah. I'm way too old. Yeah, that's it. Um, so have you been out to the Squirrels' secret rendezvous place that they're not talking about quite yet, but they are talking about? Negative. No, no I haven't. I think uh, I'm not quite in the Squirrels. I'm mm-hmm. just a tag along or a plus one, I suppose, at one. the moment. I like that. <laughs> um, well, they've set up a Facebook page for it, so they can't hide it much longer. All right. Well, I'll have to go searching for that then. I'll send you a link afterwards. Beautiful. Um so what do you think we can do to get more people into the sport? Well, I think at the moment, all, all Diabol has really got is word of mouth. Uh, like there is a little a bit of advertising online and stuff, but I think if that can be branched further, um, so a lot more people know about it, then, yeah, I think that's how it can go further. And, I mean, it's a great family thing. My, I've got a seven-year-old boy. He really loves playing with my blasters. Um, but I haven't taken him to an, a, like an indoor field or anything yet because I'm a bit nervous how he'll act if he gets shot. Yeah. He hasn't been shot by one. So, mm. you know, but, yeah, for kids and parents to, to all go and do together. I mean, I've seen at Urban Gel Ball, I've seen fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and you know, all families getting into it. It's great to see. Yep. Uh, having a little family myself, I'm, you know, I, I love my kids and I would love to do anything and everything with them. Yep. So it's it's really good to see that. Have you got um, a history with firearms at all? Uh, I do. Um, I haven't got a licence myself, mm-hmm. uh, but I've got mates with, with firearms and I've been out camping, hunting a few times. Um, so yeah, I suppose I've got, I've got a little bit of history. Um, do you think the two are inextricably linked? A lot of people, um, a lot of the naysayers will go, oh, well, they'll get a gel blaster and then they'll go off and buy a real gun and then we've got more guns. Do you think that's true? No, see, I was into guns way before I was into gel blasters. So no, I, it, it kind of sounds like the argument of where they say, "I oh, like talking about a gateway drug sort of thing," mm. and I don't, th- I don't think that's what it is. No. no, it's it's his own sport. I mean, you don't get people go out and go paintballing or skirmishing and then go, "Oh, I want to buy a gun now." Mm. You know, you don't hear that very often. So, no, I no. don't think so. What do you think about the laws in Queensland? You're fairly happy with those. The way uh, Queensland police and stuff have dealt with gel blasters, and that I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. When you look at other states, Queensland police have been really good, yep. uh, in my opinion. Um, um, so, yeah, really. I, and saying that, I haven't been really involved in the sport. I've just, you know, I've got, I'm joined uh, Facebook pages and, and stuff, and I see posts that come up. And, uh, yeah, I think Queensland police have been really good looking at other states, comparing to them. Yeah. Um. We often talk about South Australia because it's legal there as well mm-hmm. and just about nowhere else. Would you consider going to South Australia, like money not being an issue, would you go there for a mill sim? Uh, well, if it was legal, yeah. I mean, I've got family and stuff in South Australia, so I would probably work it around visiting the fam as well. Yep. Um, if it was something I really wanted to do, then yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, because like we've talked about it for years, but with Corona, it's been very hard to travel between the states to to go and play. Um, and there's a lot of people that have their blasters in Queensland and live somewhere else and come up here to have their holidays. Yes. Um, but it'd be nice to be able to go somewhere else to play as well. Um, yeah. It, I it, find that really – I kind of feel frustrated for those guys. Mm. And it would be, be the same with, um, like, guys going to New Zealand for airsoft. Like, they've got to keep their, their airsoft blasters over there. Mm. You know, they can't bring them home. They can't – and I don't know. In in my head, it just seems stupid. Like it's it's not a firearm. Yeah. It's, it shoots BBs. Yes, okay, they can hurt. And yes, it it may look realistic, but you know. And yes, people do do illegal and silly things with them. And that's what we already have laws for. Mm. So, yeah, uh, you know. What I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got a rough idea. <laughs> um, have you got a blaster planned for your near future that you don't own yet? Um, no, actually I don't. I've, I want to, I want to work on the scar. Yep. Uh, I want to get that kind of sorted for, for more outdoor stuff. So at the moment, that's where my head is. Uh, like, uh, that the M110 that came out, loved that, really loved it. But that's just like the price on that is just, that's out of my reach. Yeah. So did you try carrying it for more than two seconds? It's heavy. Is it really? It's I a, haven't even it, touched one. It's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, the scar's where my head is at the moment, the summer, um, and I really want to try and set that up and set my kit up for that so I can, uh, yeah, yeah, I plan on cutting the mags that I take in half and, um, yeah, just kind of lightening my load and setting the scar up and then I reckon, yeah, I'll be sneaking around those bushes and being <laughs> trying to be all sniper strategic. So if somebody is out there that hasn't been to their first game yet, that's listening, they're interested in being there, what first-hand advice can you give them as a guy that's just done their first mill soft to get them to go to that first game, get them over that first hurdle? Really, the, the, the main thing is just to do it. Like, just give it a go. Like, you can speak to lots of people who have already done it to get an idea of what you need to take and you set up and that kind of thing. There are so many people that will help you uh, and just do it. Like the more you think it, the more you kind of talk yourself out of doing something. Don't overthink it. Just get in, think about it as camping. Like if you do a similar thing like I did, we got there the day before, camped overnight and then went out and shot each other. It was fantastic. <laughs> um what did the, in terms of um, Facebook and Discord and that sort of stuff? Do you follow a lot of those social medias? Uh, I'm not on Discord or anything, but Facebook. Facebook. I've got quite a few pages on Facebook, and um, you know they're always popping up on my feed. So I tend to keep track of a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, there's certain ones like again uh, Urban Gel Ball. Like you know, they're a main thing for me that pop up on my feed, and I always tell people about that place especially for people that have never done gel ball or anything before. I think a little indoor field like that is a great place to start. It's yeah. not real big and over the top to like, you know, to overwhelm people. Mm. It's just a little indoor field and you go out and you have a crack and you shoot whoever you see really. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be walking 30 kilometers and needing super duper fitness and you can just get into it. That's right. Yep. Um, 
a lot of people talk about um, the fact that we don't have any disabled players. Do you think there's a place for um, people in wheelchairs or people that are deaf or do you think people like that should have a crack at the sport too? Of course, definitely. Uh, with that, though, it's up to the individual. Um, I mean, I don't know with uh, when it comes to a wheelchair, playing a mill sim or a mill soft outdoors, that's up to the individual and how they would like to set up their, I don't know, their wheelchair or, yep. or whatever. Make it a tank. Um, and, I mean, for indoors, I mean, if they've got a real good mate who can push them around, mm. they can be like, you know, like a tank almost. They just run around with the blaster and someone pushes them along. Yep. That'd be awesome. Why not? Uh, but, see, like, I know personally my old man, he's only got one leg. Uh, so I know what it's like for disabled people to try and do the normal things in life. Um, and it can be done. Like my old man, he like I said, he's only got one leg, but he's ridden push bikes and skied behind boats and stuff on kneeboards, and he he kind of he still tries to do things he did when he was able-bodied. Yeah. So it's really up to the individual. It's hard for me to go out and say yes, you can do this, but have a crack. Realistically, yeah, anyone can. It's just whether they're willing enough to give it a try with whatever handicap they've got. Cool. Um, so do you want to give a plug to anything or anyone? Other than Urban Job, all the best indoor well, field in northern. I think I've thrown their name out quite enough for this, so we'll probably we'll leave them alone now. Okay. <laughs> um, um, sorry, go ahead. So I think I'm almost out of questions. What do you have you got any questions for me? Um, I don't think so. No, like I as a newbie, I came into this podcast not knowing what to expect, or I was actually worried I didn't wouldn't have enough to say. But I think I've I've probably gibbered on enough for you. Yeah, there's a good I amount hope. of gibber. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope you've had fun. I have, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. I really appreciate it. And I suggest that you find a friend that wants to come on the podcast and stab them too. Okay. Because that's I'll, how we got Tim to stab you. Yeah, we're always looking for guests, so if you're out there listening and you'd love to have something to say or you've got an opinion on gel blasters, reach out to me. I'm on all the socials. I've got a million phone numbers. I've got a shop. You can walk in and just go, hey, let me on the podcast. If you can get through Roxy. Actually, that's one thing you could do. Throw a, trip, a little bit more advertising at the front of the shop bit more advertising. We've got this bloody big container out the front of the shop that's really hard to see past. Yeah. <laughs> Once that's gone, we're going to put a nice big sign up. Beautiful. I was thinking about putting a helicopter on the roof and go, we're the one with the helicopter on the roof. You can't miss it. Even, Door- it. even DoorDash can't find us. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Scott, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers, buddy. And we're out of here. As always, if you want to support us, I've got Patreon, I've got PayPal, I've got all the shenanigans. Have a look in the show notes on ways you can support the podcast. Please share with a friend. Tell your mates where it is. We're on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, and a million other places. 